speaking with just a little flight information. We're flying at an altitude of 37,000 feet and our airspeed is 400 miles an hour. A couple little facts here. I'm packing a Colt King Cobra. That's a 357 caliber firearm with a black rubber grip and a six inch barrel capable of piercing body armor at a distance of up to 27 feet. And I can put a hole in human bone and flesh the size of the Grand Canyon, which by the way is coming up on the left hand side of the plane. So just sit back and relax and enjoy the No, not you, not you. Your organization's terrible. 
Should I tell you? Should I tell you? Oh, you're Boy Scout, but you know life. You know life. You know I'm totally off script right now. Hello. This is News Dive. I am your host, Shane. Find me at Twitter at Live Shane. I'm here to bring you the news. Today is Thursday, August 11th, 2022, at the time of recording. <clears throat> and let's dive right into the news. So, over the weekend, past weekend, the Senate has passed a climate bill that they have named the, the uh, Inflation Reduction Act, which was named by Joe Manchin, uh, who the Democrats tried to deal with in the first place to get done, because he that was uh, holding the bill up for, uh, from the beginning. Joe Manchin uh, is a beneficiary of a coal plant that his son owns. He's also the biggest recipient of oil and gas industry 2022 cycle. Uh, doing everything he could to stop any, any spending on, on climate change, to combat climate change. But uh, there were some uh, op-eds in the media uh, a couple weeks ago, and it seems like Joe Manchin didn't really like that too much. Uh, reports are that he wanted to prove his critics wrong come to appeal, which he has. He got he and Schumer, uh, Chuck Schumer, uh, head of the Senate. Uh, they have uh, finally come to a deal with climate. And now it's not a great deal from a climate perspective. Uh, Horace Manchin, who I would call a coal baron, uh, he, has, he has gotten his, what he wanted for the fossil fuel industry. Uh, and so we should uh, talk about. So first off, uh, take a look at Bernie Sanders, who uh, who gave a, a long speech on the floor of the Senate, uh, criticizing the bill, saying that saying that he'd ultimately uh, pass it, but that it was severely lacking, uh, since he is. So let's uh, say about the bill. Thank you for making time uh, to come away. I understand you are uh, headed toward another vote at some point. Where do we stand on this bill? And tell me a little bit about your objection to it. You are going to vote in favor of the passage of this act, but you did speak uh, against something about it and, and propose an amendment. Well, Aldi, look, this country faces enormous crises in terms of health care, the high cost of prescription drugs, uh, child care, higher education, uh, climate, 
uh, income and wealth inequality. Uh, this is what we call a reconciliation bill. And what that means is that we only need 50 votes. You don't have to get 60 votes. You don't need any Republican votes to do something significant for working families in this country. And unfortunately, for you know, fairly well-known reasons, we have two conservative Democrats, we couldn't get the 50 votes that we need, really, uh, to impact the needs of working families. So I have offered a series of amendments to strengthen the bill, which uh, have not succeeded. Bottom line is that you have a bill which does some good things. We put some $300 billion into clean energy. And at a time when we face an existential threat in terms of climate change, this is a step forward. Uh, but on the other hand, as part of the deal, uh, we're allowing oil and gas companies the opportunity to drill on millions of acres of public water and land. We're giving more tax breaks and corporate welfare uh, to the oil industry. There is a reason why BP and Shell, uh, two of the largest oil companies in this country, are supporting the bill. In terms of prescription drugs, this uh, legislation takes a very baby step forward. We pay by far the highest prices in the world for prescription drugs. In some cases, you well know, we've talked about it, 10 times more than Canadians. What this bill does is say that yep. Medicare should negotiate prescription drug prices, but only after four years, and they start off with only 10 drugs and go from there. So it's a very modest step forward. Bottom line is I'm going to support the bill because given the crisis of climate change, uh, the environmental community says this is a step forward. It doesn't go anywhere near as far as it should. It is a step forward. That was Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders on uh, his opinions on the bill. Uh, I, uh, I view the bill very similarly. I view it as... A a net positive, but there are plenty of downsides of it. Uh, as Bernie Sanders said, there are, are huge giveaways to the fossil fuel industry that uh, require to get the required uh, spending on renewable energy. The bill would require the Interior Department to offer at least 2 million acres of public lands and 60 million acres of offshore waters for oil and gas leasing each year for a decade as a prerequisite I can't speak to installing to new solar or wind energy so, so they're saying that the government has to offer up these lands and waters before you can uh, install any new clean energy so this really hampers, uh, this really puts in the question uh, how much of an impact this bill will have on climate. Because while it does spend uh, $300 billion investing in the renewable energy, it does uh, allow a, a expansion of the fossil fuel industry. I would also, I also point out that uh, there's our, the fossil fuel industry already has thousands of unused leases that they are already have not used so so it's not great but any anything is could be used at this 
uh, report since uh, since 2021, Big Oil has spent over 200 million sabotage climate action, according to an analysis. And and the, and it has paid off with this uh, with the uh, thousands of eight auctions off in the in the next decade. Also, and a part of the Joe Manchin deal is conveniently a an oil pipeline, a fossil fuel pipeline that goes right through Joe Manchin state of West Virginia. Let's see. So after they got after they got Manch after they gave all the goodies away to Joe Manchin, the they then had to deal with Kirsten Cinema, who was another roadblock, the Build Back Better proposal, uh, months ago. Uh, after the original Mansion Schumer uh, deal came out, she raised objections to some of the uh, taxes in the bill. There is a there is a provision in the bill that establishes a fifteen percent tax corporations that make. Uh, over a billion dollars per year. Uh, Kirsten Cinema wanted to exempt private equity firms from from that uh, new tax. So Democrats uh, So, so yeah, so Democrats slashed, uh, excluded private equity from the from the new tax after Cinema asked for it, and Kirsten Cinema herself received over five hundred thousand dollars from private equity before she shielded them from tax. <clears throat> so after after calling out. The uh, obvious gi corporate giveaways in the bill. Bernie Sanders uh, proposed some amendments to try and make the bill better. These proposals included uh, bringing back the child tax credit, which gave uh, parents $300 per child to help with the doing, doing the everyday needs, uh, everyday needs with the child. Like food, clothing, school supplies. Say hello to the chat. Hello. Another thing that uh, Bernie Sanders proposed to put in the bill is an expansion of Medicare. Uh, he also proposed letting, uh, uh, letting Medicare. Uh, um, negotiate drug prices with private insurers, which, which the bill does include uh, a provision that lets Medicare negotiate for Medicare prices uh, for Medicare uh, prescriptions. But if you're under private insurance, you, your uh, prescriptions will not be capped in the same way. And almost every single senator voted against these. Um, Amendments. Uh, liberals online accused Bernie Sanders of trying to kill the bill, and 
for celebrating Joe Manchin after Joe Manchin tried to kill the bill for months. So that's a little odd to me. But I guess libs be libs. Uh, what else? Uh, the bill includes uh, funding for minors uh, dealing with black lung. Oh, uh, another another amendment that was voted down by the Senate was a was a uh, provision for a climate core, which would establish millions of of high paying jobs. That would have been nice to include in it. But what are you going to do when, when the entire Senate is completely bought out by the fossil fuel industry? Hard to get anything passed. Essentially, uh, we, were, we were held ransom by the fossil fuel industry to just get investment energy. And, and this investment is, is important. Uh, analysts... Uh, analysts uh, predict that it's going to reduce uh, emissions by 40 percent by 2030, which is pretty, sh which is short of the 50 percent goal that scientists say we need to reach if we want to if we want to have a chance to uh, avoid 1.5 degrees Celsius warming. That would, if once we hit 1.5 degrees Celsius warming, that will once we get past that point then that will cause irreversible effects on our climate. Uh, it's going to make, uh, it's going to cause uh, sections of the planet that uh, going to be so hot that it's going to be uninhabitable. It's going to cause mass migration waves from Central America and the Middle East to more habitable climates. It's going to cause sea level rise in about within 100 years if nothing changes. Uh, the entire state of Florida is going to be underwater instead of all, in, as well as mo, uh, most coastal cities. So, so just like just the fact that we're getting any investment, you hear, you'll hear, de uh, you'll hear Democrats uh, tout this as the biggest climate bill in American history. Which it is, but that's a very low bar. Very low bar, considering like this is our the first steps the United States has taken to combating climate change. And just a reminder that in the according to the most recent uh, one of the a recent IPCC report that. 99.9% of studies on climate change since over the past two decades. Oh, it's and of that 99.9%, that's, that's out of about 14,000 studies, like, like a lot. 99.9% of them came back with the results showing that climate change is real, happening, and and like. About ninety-five percent of them say that it's human cause. So, uh, 
uh if you want more information on that uh i've i've covered the ipcc reports in the past check out those episodes yeah at the at the end of the day the net positive but i don't think excited about and it mostly benefits more wealth mid, higher middle class people who own, own homes as well as private uh as well as wealthy business owners wealth in general and there's not too much in it that not too much that will help the people at the bottom if people who are struggling the most which which is like most policy in this country which it like it's like top down when we when we should be doing policy bottom up which works significantly better and one more thing about this controversy surrounding it is that is that uh On the Senate, uh, the Senate's parliamentary advisor issued a non-binding before the bill was passed, issued a non-binding advisory opinion saying Democrats should remove provision in their spending bill that would punish drug ma makers for inflating their prices on patents in private health insurance plans. Uh, one estimate said that the provision could have saved the federal government. $40 billion a year. The Senate parliamentarian said that the Democrats couldn't include it in the bill because it didn't affect, because in her opinion, in her opinion, that it didn't affect the federal budget. But I just gave you an opinion that says it does. But, and also, Vice President Kamala Harris has the ability to overrule this person who doesn't have any actual power. He's just giving opinion so kamala harris could be like i disagree with your opinion i'm overruling you we're including that in the bill but she refused to do this so <clears throat> also i mean chuck, chuck schumer could also fire her and replace her with someone who will who would say that democrats could include it they could also do that but he didn't do that either so they just let her the Democrats, for some reason, want to let the parliamentarian be the want to be the parliamentarian want to allow her to be the most powerful official uh, in the government, despite having no actual power. So they took the, the price cap out of the bill, and they and to for the entire Senate to overrule the parliamentarian, you then need sixty votes if if the vice president doesn't overrule. So the Democrats tried, they got 57 out of 60 votes, it failed. So, so, the, so if you're on private insurance, uh, your drug prices are still going to be high. But, but if the Democrats, if Kamala Harris overruled and, and said we're including in the bill, then the Senate would have needed 60 votes to take it out of the bill instead of the other way around so this is so like this is why it's important to understand like basic senate 
rules and procedures because now i mean i mean like yeah a bunch of republicans voted against it so the democrats could rightly attack them for voting against uh it but also we should acknowledge is that their own incompetence uh if you want to call it that like they they could have passed it if they were smarter but That's the Democrats for you. Moving on. Another big story this week is uh, is that the FBI raided Mar-a-Lago, uh, the part-time home of former President Donald Trump. Uh, they were uh, reportedly looking for classified documents that the that the president took with him when he left office <clears throat> um the, the the DOJ um has been pretty quiet about it so far uh apparently the white house did not have any notice beforehand But Attorney General Merrick Garland did come out and says something. Good afternoon. Since I became Attorney General, I have made clear that the Department of Justice will speak through its court filings and its work. Just now, the Justice Department has filed a motion in the Southern District of Florida to unseal a search warrant and property receipt relating to a court-approved search that the FBI conducted earlier this week. That search was of premises located in Florida belonging to the former president. The department did not make any public statements on the day of the search. The former president publicly confirmed the search that evening, as is his right. Copies of both the warrant and the FBI property receipt were provided on the day of the search to the former president's counsel, who was on site during the search. The search warrant was authorized by a federal court upon the required finding of probable cause. The property receipt is a document that federal law requires law enforcement agents to leave with the property owner. The department filed the motion to make public the warrant and receipt in light of the former president's public confirmation of the search, the surrounding circumstances, and the substantial public interest in this matter. Faithful adherence to the rule of law is the bedrock principle of the Justice Department and of our democracy. Upholding the rule of law means applying the law evenly, without fear or favor. Under my watch, that is precisely what the Justice Department is doing. All Americans are entitled to the even-handed application of the law, to due mm. process of the law, and to the presumption of innocence. 
Much of our work is by necessity conducted out of the public eye. We do that to protect the constitutional rights of all Americans and to protect the integrity of our investigations. Federal law, longstanding department rules, and our ethical obligations prevent me from providing further details as to the basis of the search at this time. There are, however, certain points I want you to know. First, I personally approved the decision to seek a search warrant in this matter. Second, the department does not take such a decision lightly. Where possible, it is standard practice to seek less intrusive means as an alternative to a search and to narrowly scope any search that is undertaken. Third, let me address recent unfounded attacks on the professionalism of the FBI and Justice Department agents and prosecutors. I will not stand by silently when their integrity is unfairly attacked. The men and women of the FBI and the Justice Department are dedicated, patriotic public servants. Every day, they protect the American people from violent crime, terrorism, and other threats to their safety while safeguarding our civil rights. They do so at great personal sacrifice and risk to themselves. I am honored to work alongside them. This is all I can say right now. More information will be made available in the appropriate way and at the appropriate time. Thank you. Okay, so that was Attorney General Merrick Garland, his statements on the uh, Trump raid. I mean, all the all the jargon aside, like, like we we understand that the the FBI is not is not the most trustworthy uh, institution. It it has a it, it's had a his, it has a history of undermining civil rights. It has a it once sent uh, Martin Luther King Jr. a letter telling him to go kill himself. But, but from what I can tell, there's n no reason to suspect foul play here. Like, it seems like a pretty legit... So far, I mean, I mean we have little, little information from the actual DOJ. There are in the process, I believe, in unsealing, unsealing the warrant. So, we'll have to see when more information comes out. But, there's some reporting that a, uh, that, uh, the probable cause for the search warrant very likely came from a Secret Service member. So, we'll, We'll have to see what comes of that in the future. But meanwhile, the right wing is turning is trying to turn this around and weaponize. Uh, conservatives are now calling for hearings about the raid and calling for the defunding of the FBI. The <clears throat> The GOP very clearly wants to frame Trump as a victim. Some people have even gone to say that it could lead to a another January 6th 
طيب الان And then uh, oh, another thing about the raid is that they apparently opened a safe during the raid, which Any deserved trust of the American people, especially when it comes to Donald Trump, what could they possibly be looking for here? Well, I actually don't think they went in looking for documents. I think that was probably their their excuse that they found some Obama donor judge to, to write him a, 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 um, a ruse. Yeah, they, they found some Obama donor judge to write, not even a judge, a magistrate to, to write uh, and give them the search warrant. I think they went in there looking to see whatever they could find. Their argument is, all right, we were here looking for documents. We didn't find those, but look what we did find. Or who knows what happened while they were in there because the lawyers weren't allowed to see it. These any deserve trust of the American people, especially when it And quite honestly, I'm concerned this is a joke. This is memento. And quite honestly, I'm concerned that they may have planted something. You know, at this point, who knows? I don't trust the government. And that's.
a very frightening thing as an American. If I didn't want to be an American and go to another, this is third world stuff. We've heard it. This is Cuba. This is, this is not our country. You know, if they did, it'll be interesting, especially, uh, I, I don't think that there was actually anything there that's worthwhile. Uh, we'll see what they come up with. You know, if they did, it'll be interesting, especially since they precluded me from actually watching what they did. But but at this point, I don't necessarily think that they would even go to the extent of trying to plant information. I think they just make stuff up and, you know, come up with whatever they want. And I, I, that's the way that they will have to proceed in order to actually try. They, they could have easily negotiated the, negotiated the return of documents like How horrible is that? They could have easily negotiated the return of documents like that without guns and warrants. What the FBI is probably doing is planning evidence. Which is what they did during the Russia hoax. We also have a hunch they doctored evidence to get the warrant. Again, how horrible is that? They could have easily negotiated the return of documents. the government no people distrust so much the government that we've gotten to the point where for example do i know that the boxes of material they took from mar a lago that they won't put things in those boxes to entrap him how do we know their lawyers weren't allowed to see the boxes go they weren't categorized That's gonna be a problem. thousands of documents were taken yeah mm -hmm. how do we know that they're going to be honest with us about what's actually in the boxes how do mm -hmm. we know that was in the box before it left the residence if the lawyer Man. Oh. Okay, what uh so what they're doing right there is that they're poisoning the well. They're 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 planning in their audience heads ahead of time while the DOJ is doing their investigation. They're planning in their audience head that whatever findings come of the investigation will be planted ahead of time, even though it, that it might have just been found in their investigation. <clears throat> and like, 
I mean, like, and the DOJ and I'm even Democrats better hope that they found something good because the the Trump team is reportedly very excited about exploiting the FBI raid to win his reelection. One former Trump aide turned big lie detractor said that the Justice Department may have just handed Trump the 2024 GOP nomination or potentially the presidency. So, like, that's another thing. Like, there's the people who think this is, like, some, like, hit job to uh, Trump. It's like, this could very well backfire on the Democrats as well. And as, as I said earlier, there are plenty of good reasons to not like the FBI, but this is not one of them. And we're, uh, so yeah, Marjorie Taylor Greene uh, responded tweeting to fund the FBI. Uh, Paul Gosar tweeted, we must destroy the FBI, we must save America. While this is about face on the back of blue rhetoric, an amusing example of the right-wing ideology, I ideological confusion that ensues when lawmakers adhere to die-hard Trump loyalism. We on the left should use this moment as an opportunity to explore a plan to actually do that. The FBI indeed be defunded, though the reasons for have nothing to do with the fact that the agency searched Donald Trump's home. Uh, the January 6th attack on the Capitol showed, shows us deep fissures in the black, the blue concept trotted out by the right in response to the Black Lives Matter protests of years. While conservative claims to support the police, they do so on a very narrow basis. Police authority is desirable to them only as long as it's solely directed at where they perceive to be uh, suspect classes, including poor people, BIPOC communities, trans people, immigrants, anti-fascists, sex workers, and other marginalized groups. Built, built into the right-wing support for police is an understanding grounded in history that police authority could not be exercised against the powerful classes, including the wealthy, the politi politically dominant, and white nationalists. This understanding is why many on the right do not view images of black to blue proponents beating Capitol Police with their Trump flags as hypocritical. This seeming uh, contradiction helps us get a truth about the nature of police power. The FBI in particular, the police in general, were not created to provide justice. Instead, the history of the FBI is one of repressing movements for liberation and carrying out wars on marginal communities in the guise of wars on drugs, crime, terrorism, gangs, and communism, along other phenomenon determined by the state uh, to be by the states to be threats. The FBI's long-running stretches of state-sanctioned violence have served to criminalize those that challenge the status quo either through organized resistance or through survival strategies that interact with capitalist notions of protecting 
private property and individual autonomy of the powerful. The precursor to the FBI, the Bureau of Investigation, was created in 1988 in large part to investigate political threats to the power of the robber baron. These threats included striking workers, anarchists, and communists, driven initially by fears of communist revolution following the Russian Revolution and then the massive strikes of labor militancy in the 1930s, the Bureau of Investigation became the primary federal tool for surveilling and subverting left organizing. It was taken over by J. Edgar Hoover in 1924 and transformed into the FBI in 1934, when it became the most the massive domestic intelligence gathering operation with files on millions of Americans, including politicians, celebrities, labor leaders, journalists, and anyone subjected of subversive learnings, many of whom were poor people of color, uh, or people of color, and other members of historically oppressed communities. In the 1960s, Hoover identified new subversive threats, the civil rights movement. The uh, counterintelligence programs, COINTELPRO, was the FBI-created program that spied and undermined both socialist leaders and civil rights movement leaders like Martin Luther King Jr. and helped coordinate local attacks on the Black Panthers, the Socialist Workers' Party, and many other groups. The FBI attended activist groups' meetings, openly photographed the license plate of attendees, wiretapped phones, sent fake correspondence, used implants to informants to plant false rumors about uh, marital infidelities and police cooperation to sow fear and dissidents. The FBI was directly involved in officials in Chicago who conspired to assassinate Black Panther leader Fred Hampton. The FBI has long been a tool of political subversion to use to suppress the threats to the status quo. But in contrast to the claims of Trump loyalists, the focus on the FBI's attack has rarely been the right-wing extremists that now dominate the much of the Republican Party. In his book, Disrupt, Discredit, and Divide, former FBI agent Michael German points out how federal law enforcement has largely ignored or excused right-wing violence, le uh, leaving a focus on Muslim immigrants, environmental activists, and the movement of for Black Lives, among other marginalized groups. Given this history of politically motiv motivated repression, it should be the left calling for defunding and defanging the FBI. Here is a concrete program to begin that process. And the FBI's role in political policing, the FBI should be forced to shut down the intelligence gathering activities that make it possible the subversion tactics at the center of the, the agency's history. Following the revelations of COINTELPRO in the 1970s, the Church Committee attempted this through the power of congressional oversight. Many of the FBI's harmful practices remain. Though they were better hidden from view to, and protected by language intended to restrict but not eliminate their activities. And the FBI's role, too, and the FBI's role, role in the war on terror. One of the primary tools in waging this war has been the entrapment of people who are lured into fantastical plots invented by FBI agents so they can be arrested for planning actions they had no intention or ability to, completing, to ever complete. The goals of these operations, such as the targeting of an intentionally dis intellectually disabled man in New York, 
who was lured into an FBI-created plot to bomb the Herald Square, Herald Square subway station, seemed designed to give the FBI the, apparent, the appearance of winning to garner support for counterterrorism funding for the agency. Three, and the FBI's role in the war on drugs. The war on drugs has been an unmitigated failure. If, you, if your metric of success is saving lives and improving community safety, if, however, your metric of success is one of criminalizing political enemies and violent, violently targeting the poor and people of color, then the mission has certainly been accomplished. The federal prohibition on many drugs has been the major, major driver of mass incarceration. The criminalization of non-white communities and the overdose crisis. Susan Phillips' Operation Flytrap shows how eponymously named FBI anti-drug sting did nothing to end the flow of drugs in Los Angeles and instead pointlessly criminalized the most vulnerable people in a community hit hard by poverty, unemployment, and public and private sector disinvestment. In addition, we should abolish the DEA. Four, end the FBI's role in so-called violent reduction. Uh, presidents have repeatedly used the FBI as a political tool in looking tough on crime, gang takedowns, and special in initiatives have been created to give the appearance of federal action to tackle crime, but little has been, but have little to show for themselves other than police perpetrated abuse and mass incarceration. For years, the FBI has been using RICO conspiracy laws to target youth violence. As the Policing and Social Justice uh, Project documented in New York City, these takedowns ensnare large numbers of young people based on their association rather than direct involvement in violence. In 2019, Donald Trump laid out his plan to use the FBI to help with his re-election effort called Operation Relentless Pursuit. He targeted seven cities run by Democratic mayors to receive infusions of federal agents and money for more local police to engage in intensive policing of high-crime communities, backed up by intensive federal uh, prosecutions. Local. So, yeah, so, so, so Donald Trump who is now calling for the, the funding of the FBI was using was ramping up the FBI's uh, uh, ability during his presidency for his own political reasons. So I keep that I would keep that in mind when you're when you see all these conservatives talking about uh, defunding the FBI because I'll tell you one thing: if Trump wins in 2024. He's just gonna. He's gonna use the F. He's gonna use the FBI to crack down on on the on on labor, on climate activists. Is like we, I previously mentioned. Uh, those four steps would dramatically shrink the scope and power of the FBI and pave a wrap towards abolishing an agency that has not provided real justice or protection for large segments of U.S. society. As right-wingers make a bizarre and twisted case for defunding the FBI, we on the left need to make our own case for defending the FBI's intrusive and illegitimate, illegitimate uh, political policing. 
then we must go further and question the basic function of federal law enforcement and propping up a system of profound inequality, injustice, and state violence. And we already have seen the impact that the right's rhetoric has had on people as there has already been an attack on an FBI agency in Cincinnati. A man, a, a, a man with a gun tried to breach an FBI agency there. Uh, I mean, while I disagree with many of the FBI's practices, I would prefer that we not people not go and shooting up uh, people who are just living their lives and doing their job um i i something i would always preach is, is fo focus more on institutions people <clears throat> we should be focusing more on the fbi as an institution than individual agents going after individual fbi agents does nothing to bring down the overall agency when that particular person is just a cog in the machine just like the rest of us i got a couple short stories before i sign off for the night uh in uh, economic news the most recent uh the cons most recent consumer price index report came out showing uh 6.5% inflation in July compared compared to a year earlier down from 9.1% inflation in June potentially a sign that roaring inflation had peaked CPI was completely flat in July on a monthly basis though with falling gas prices playing a decisive role in better-than-expected figures. But despite inflation starting to come down, the Federal Reserve seems to uh, maintain its goals of, of continuing to increase interest rates, which is... Which, if you read between the lines, it has a goal of reducing overall wages in the country because uh, wealthy business owners don't like the, uh, the amount of worker power that there is in the current economy. The, Fed, the Federal Reserve is currently trying to weaken, weaken worker power and trying to reduce uh, wages. When... <clears throat> When now, when it should be taking its foot off the gas, now that it its intended purpose is is coming through for fruition, and and inflation is coming down. But instead, they would rather push us closer to an, uh, they want to push us closer to a recession, uh, closer to pain and suffering for millions of people. Larry Summers, uh, Larry Summers says that we need like ten percent inflation. Not ten percent inflation. We need ten percent unemployment. Ten percent unemployment means millions of people losing their jobs, million people falling into poverty. This, this is what this is what the elite want, and they don't care that that the economy is starting to improve. They want wages down. And I and 
and we and we as as a people should be saying like no we 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 should be able to have high wages and have a and have it we should have high wages with a good economy a good economy doesn't have doesn't have to require low wages as some people in this country seem to believe falsely i may add And final story of the day. <clears throat> I want to talk about the story out of Nebraska about a mother and a daughter who are facing charges after, after an alleged abortion. Uh... A 17-year-old girl and her mother, Celeste and Jessica Burgess, sent messages on Facebook regarding plans to terminate Celeste's pregnancy prior to Roe v. Wade being overturned in June. According to court documents posted by Vice Tuesday, a friend of Celeste called the police after seeing her take first of two abortion pills. The teenager is being tried as an adult was estimated to be 23 weeks and two days into her pregnancies. Abortion is legal until 22 weeks in Nebraska. <clears throat> uh, where's the... F so... After receiving a tip from Celeste's acquaintance, Detective Ben McBride of the Norfolk Police Investigation Unit obtained a warrant to access digital, digital communications of both Celeste and her mother. The police seized six smartphones and seven laptops from the families and ordered Facebook to turn over messages between the two. Facebook stores users' information on its server, and messages sent through Facebook messengers are often visible to the company. In, in order to use end-to-end -end encryption, which makes messages unreadable to Facebook and anyone who requests access, users have been users have to be using the mobile device messenger app that have been uh, select a setting marked that the conversation as secret. So yeah, so Facebook just handed over private messages between a teenager and her mother to aid an investigation to charge them with an abortion. Uh, like, this is like an incredible invasion of privacy. Just, just Facebook just handing over messages, private messages to the police. I mean, <laughs> every single person needs to be calling for uh, online platforms to implement a default and, and encryption of private messages. And, and companies should refuse to share their data with the police. Like I, I've cover, I have covered this in the past uh, about how with 
with the criminalization of abortion that this is just going to lead to an, an expansion of the surveillance state and we are seeing it play out right in front of us with this story right here so i mean like i would the, i would put the blame on facebook uh here but I, if 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 social media companies are going to be turning over this information to the police I would I would be very careful with uh what you send on these platforms in the future. So warning to everyone out there. Oh, actually one more thing on the docky here that I missed. <clears throat> so CBS News retracted a document a documentary that it briefly released on Sunday after pressure from the Ukrainian government uh the documentary that uh, CBS put out examined the flow of military aid to Ukraine and quoted someone familiar with the process who said in April that only 30% of the arms were making it to the front line all this all of this stuff goes across the border and then something happens Kind of like 30% of it reaches its final destination, said Jonas Oman, the founder of Blue Yellow, a Lithuania-based organization that CBS has been meeting with and, and supplying frontline units with aid in Ukraine since the start of the war in the Donbass in 2014. 30-40%, to 40%, that's my estimate, Oman said. After the documentary sparked outrage from the Ukrainian government, it was removed from the internet by CBS. In an editor's note, CBS said it changed the article that was published with the doc documentary, said the documentary itself was being updated. The editor's notes also insisted Omen has said that the delivery of weapons in Ukraine has significantly improved since he filmed with CBS back in April, although he didn't offer a new estimate on the percentage of arms being delivered. Uh... The editor also said that the Ukrainian government noted self-defense attache brig General Garrett Harmon arrived in Kiev in August for arms control and monitoring. Defenses, defense attaches are a military official stationed at U.S. embassies that represent the Pentagon's interest in the country. Previously, it was unclear if there was any sort of military presence at the U.S. embassy in Kiev after it reopened in May. Ukrainian Foreign Minister Demiko Kuleba said that the retraction by CBS was not enough and called for an investigation into the documentary. In the documentary, Omen described the corruption and bureaucracy that he has to work around to deliver aid to Ukraine. There are like power lords, oligarch political players, he said. The system itself, it's like... We are the armed forces of Ukraine. If security forces want it, well, the Americans gave it to us. It's kind of like power games all day long. So eventually people need stuff and they go to us. Other reporting has shown that there is vitally, vit virtually no oversight for the billions of dollars in weapons that the U.S. and its allies are pouring into Ukraine. CNN reported in April that the U.S. has almost zero ability to track the weapons it's sending once they enter Ukraine. 
One source briefed on U.S. intelligence described it as dropping arms into a big black hole. <clears throat> so yeah, so, so if you're so if you're just uh, naively supporting all just the mass, the billions that were just flooding into this country, yeah, I'd be a little more skeptical of it because while it is true that. Ukraine would have fallen by now without uh, Ukraine without the West help. That's almost certain. If it wasn't for the West help, the uh, Ukraine would have ran out of uh, artillery by now. Uh, they would have been overran a while back. So we're keeping them in the fight, but we're keeping them in the fight because we're trying because the West wants to destabilize Russia. They don't want. They don't want peace in Ukraine. They want to use Ukraine as a proxy to destabilize Russia. Now, I would su I support I support uh, sending weapons and aid to uh, keep the military to keep the country afloat while peace negotiations happen. But like, but there, uh, but uh, there really haven't been meaningful peace negotiations uh, from either side i don't think the united the west has made meaningful peace negotiations i don't think russia has and so as long so like i don't so i don't support the flooding the blank checks of support of weapons just flooding in the ukraine while we're not even attempting to uh, end the war in a peaceful manner, and uh, we're at this point. Uh, the U.S. government is just laundering money for the mil the military industrial complex, and a lot of this weapons are are ending are ending up in the hands of neo Nazi militias and uh, the black market. So yeah, um, that not a good situation going on. Would it would be so much better if the United States was calling for peace instead of just flooding weapons in? You know? But with that said, that's that's about all I got for tonight. Uh, we're you can watch the live show on Twitch. We record the show live on Twitch every week. Uh, you can watch the replay on YouTube. You can follow the social media on Twitter. Uh, or I uh, TikTok. I make uh, short videos about uh, things going on in the news and post them to TikTok. You can follow me there. Uh, we also have a Facebook and Instagram if that interests you. But yeah. Follow the show. Support the show. It's uh below. There's a donation button. If you wanna tip a little bit over, much appreciate it. But till next time. Peace.